welcome to the best thing we watched, where we continuing our October Halloween fest, our own little festival of top five horrors of. Uh, it's it's been interesting. What are we into our third week now, Chris? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> and uh, we've had a wild ride with uh, some interesting choices on both sides. I think this week. However, it's going to be a really interesting one because we're doing top five animal horrors. And I think the scope of that is is vast and wide as to what is animal and what is monster. So I'm wondering what some of our uh, honorable mentions will be as well as what's in our top five. Um, I myself have ranked them sort of, which I think you have as well. I, I have as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I you know, I think it's, I think, good to sh- good to share to everybody. We have this Google Docs um, <laughs> folder that we that we share. And so it has this running list of animal-themed horrors that we have found. And th- this actually, this was tougher to do than I thought it was because a lot of the ones that we have found on there or that we've put on that list are just awful. I mean, and not even awful like, ooh, you have to watch it because there are some of those. <laughs> and one or two of them have actually made my list. But, <laughs> but then some of them you start and it's like, I don't know if I can ever finish this. It's just yeah. horrendous. Yeah, there are those like this. All right, so let's get into it. Hi, I'm okay. Ruben from the Ruby Tuesday. We've got Chris from Movies and Munchies. And we're doing our top five horror animals Kind of. I don't know if they're all top five, but they're in there. Uh, and at the end, we're doing the best thing we watched on the podcast extra section where we talk about the best thing we watched and some news. So do tune into wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. There are so many places where you can find these podcasts. One of my friends mentioned to me this week, he found it on a random podcast show that I didn't even know it went out to. So chances nice. are it's there somewhere. Uh, okay, Chris. Would you like to start with your number five? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me do. Uh, these aren't honorable mentions that I'm going to start with. These are ones that should have been better. Okay, so <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 when I was going through the list, and most of these, I've got to say, are available on a streaming platform that you probably already have already. Like a lot of them are on Amazon Prime. It's actually surprising at how many are. Some you yeah. can even find on YouTube. But yeah. the one, okay, I'm just going to give you the title, Sharktopus versus Werewolf. Okay, <laughs> that that title is why I clicked on the thing. Now, that is not the first in the series. There's, I think it starts out with Sharktopus. And Sharktopus versus Werewolf is, uh, it's extremely boring. It's ter- It has Casper Van Dien, which should have been great. It was just boring and blah. And so I decided, well, you know, I'm going to give it another try. And I, yeah, I watched Sharktopus versus Terracuda. Now, I think that's number two <laughs> in the series. Amazing. And, and okay, so I started watching it, and I'm going to make this short, but it had Robert Carradine, who was in Revenge of the Nerds. It shows the cast right at the beginning. And then it goes through a whole bunch of names that I've never heard of. And then it says, and Conan O'Brien. And I went, ooh, okay, I'm going to watch. I'm going to see this. This movie is boring, too. It's just, it's, oh, I mean, man. It's, it has all of the cheesiness, all of the just terrible acting that you want in some movie like this, but it just was, bleh. that's when the Conan, worst with those titles, but has that's no right being boring. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about, that it should have been good. So I've come to the conclusion that anything with Sharktopus in there, regardless of how awesome the title is, that is probably <laughs> the best part of the entire movie. And so, okay. so those, these should have been better, but 
Okay, uh, number five. And like I said, these were hard to do because some of them were just terrible and everything. But this is more of a, um, it, it was a mainstream movie. From 2019, it is Crawl. Now, it's Alexandre Aja's movie. Are you Aja? Aha? Um, I, that's, I, that's my number five as well. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> Well, that's okay. So that we we talk about it. All this right. one, it's a um a a hurricane is coming. A Category Five. Uh, this woman who has a strain an estranged relationship with her dad is going back, and um, she, she can't reach him. She gets to his house, finds out that he is trapped, and as the waters are rising, all of these are they crocodiles or alligators? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Alligators. Alligators. Okay. I don't live in in Florida or anywhere (laughs) over there where we actually have these other than in zoos, so I don't know. But um, the waters rise and these alligators come in and they just start, you know, it is very close quarters. It's um, sneaky and this is way better than I thought it was. (laughs) You know, I actually avoided seeing it in the theaters because I was like, oh my gosh, seriously, are you kidding? This is going to be just hot garbage, especially there's one scene that they show in the trailer where uh, they're in the bathroom and the water's rising and she's inside the tub behind the shower door, you know, and the, the alligator's just bumping up against it. And then the she, water's rising. Yeah. 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 And she outsmarts it and then runs off. And I'm like, oh no, that, mm, that, that, yeesh. whoa, <laughs> blown away. What did you... I mean, blown away is the correct one for this. I totally thought this was going to be terrible, which is why I sought it out, because I there's a, another series that I love, which I won't spoil. Um, but I thought it was going to be along the lines of just really cheesy, badly done, so bad, maybe it might be fun. Um, I was hoping for a lesser version of something like Lake Placid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, man, I was surprised by actually there was actually decent acting from our lead protagonist and the father. Uh, but those corridor, I would say corridor shots, but more under the house uh, in the crawl space, literally why it's called crawl with the crocodile, the way that is shot, you're literally always on the edge of your seat, not knowing when or who's going to get munched on. And it takes a few turns. It reminded me a little bit of, um, as a hard rain with Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman, there's uh, like the town's just getting flooded and flooded. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, not the whole film is in the house. So you get a bit of action outside of that. And uh, when it got to that bit, it was getting more into the this is a Hollywood uh, type film. You can, you know, she she is she's got plot protection, I guess. But all that time in the house is some of the best camera work I've seen done with the crocodile that looked really real. Like, how'd they do that? Those are those those are the times I want the Blu-rays or the DVDs that we used to get where we had all the commentary or the making of. If you go way back when onto like the videos, you know, before your film comes on, you get those half an hour specials that came on TV sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's like, this is the making of. And literally, I was like, I want to know how you did that because that was cool. Absolutely. Well, and I think, too, some of it, it even harkened back a little bit to like Jaws, where you would, I mean, we we as the audience know something's coming. I mean, we've seen some visual clues. We know, you know, even the music is ramping up and stuff in our, the way our characters are being framed, but it still doesn't negate any of that tension and that Mm. anticipation that's being built because you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Get out, get out, get 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 your feet out of, you know. (laughs) <laughs> the whole time, and I'm like, I, I mean, I was continually impressed as the movie progressed along because I'm like, this, this just keeps 
astounding me. I mean, I'm like, whoa. And maybe, maybe I'll give it that I went in with lower expectations, <laughs> but I don't think that, that that changes how much fun the movie actually ends up being. Hmm. So, no, I, I think particularly animal horrors get a, a bad rap. People just immediately think this, there's no ways this is actually a good film, right? And I think that's what I came away from is like that, even though it was a crocodile monster movie, it was actually a good film. The pacing, the way it was edited, the way it was shot, the way it looks. Uh, there was a story, even though there wasn't much of a story. You know, there was, mm -hmm. it was basic, but you were really behind your protagonist. You were there for that ride. And it's definitely a roller coaster ride. And, and those are my favorite escapism of two hours. You come out just with a massive smile on your face and go, that was so good. I mean, uh, I have a, a, sh a shark on my shirt. You know, I love those type of... <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, yeah, I love those type of films. Yeah. So funny that they both uh, are number five. Yeah, that, that, that's that's good. We're off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> that's outstanding. Okay, yes, we well, are. what, uh, I don't know how this screws up our, our numbering or whatever, but what would you? what is your number four? Yeah, I'm I guess we, we, we'll just do that way. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I just showed you a shark, and so this is an honorable mention. You briefly mentioned it, but it's Jaws, so we can't really go into a horror top five without m at least mentioning the shark movie that started all the shark movies there's been hundreds literally hundreds and although i do think it's aged and i know people hold it up to quite a high regard and be like you can't say anything bad against jaws there are some parts in it that i just found the pacing now to be incredibly slow mm. some of the dialogue i'm just like mm. however the creation of one of the best score cues to one of the worst sharks like it's it's a terribly made shark it's awful but the tension is so high that it's a pg that still scares the crap out of adults and that, that just goes to show you don't necessarily need an age restriction to make it a horror it just has to be well filmed and create tension and to this day there are still people that won't go into the ocean because of jaws right uh, as such has in increased this amazing amount of fear it solidified a reality that wait yeah the sharks many teeth that sound i walk towards the ocean and dun 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 dun, dun and you're like no nah, no nah, not doing it i'm cool Can't here <laughs> okay so that's my honorable mention i just thought before i carry on that's a good one so now you'll understand why i'm not doing one film but i'm doing five films back to back <laughs> Because we're going Sharknado, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, and everybody sighs. And like, how can you put this in your top five? Because of how much fun I had. This is one that every time one came out, my son and I, my younger son and I, we would stick one of these on and we'd just laugh the whole way through. Mostly because of all the cameos. It became a thing where, I would guess... I don't want to say B-list actors, but actors that you've seen a lot on TV movies and TV series. Um, they wanted to come into these movies and be killed off by a shark in some horrific way. And so it becomes a thing of like, oh, that's that guy from, or that's that girl from, let's see, let's see how we can guess how they're going to die. And then you try and guess how ridiculous the plot gets. So at the beginning, it's Sharknado. And you're like, well, that's ridiculous enough, right? And people are drowning in like this amount of water or they do slow-mo shark the shark's gonna get me and then you see the person running and then the shark is suddenly further back and the shark's gonna get me or you see a shark 
a, a sort of baby shark jump out of the water and the person's like, oh, it's eating me, when it's blatantly a rubber shark that they're moving around with their own hands. And then you end up at time travel. Like, it does it all, right? And it's so much fun. Like, I'm just going to say, a space sequence with David Hasselhoff fighting a shark. It doesn't get better than that. That is the most ridiculous. This is what I like about this franchise. It knows what it is. It has a cult following because of it. And they got sillier and dumber as they went on. And they just embraced what they were. And for for that reason, if I need a stupid horror animal movie, it's my go-to franchise. Well, and think of how many movies would not have been made. You Mm. know, these, these, these terrible type movies without that first Sharknado. I mean, it it created and it it captured because it was on like what sci-fi at first. Yeah. So not even I mean not even widely distributed. I mean like some base. I mean basic cable movie, and then to gain that cult following and then to spawn films, but then to influence and get all these other studios as small as they may be, you know, and independent financers to be like, hey, that worked we might be able to ride on their coattails. And so yeah. I think that's impressive too, just to create something that is a phenomenon like that, that influences so much more. Yeah, there's a, um, I think it's the fifth film. There's an art director called Felix Coles. Uh, she's fantastic at what she does. Like she creates monsters out of like amazing budgets. Like sometimes they don't have great budgets and they call her in. Uh, I got to see her work once when I was on a film with her, but they've got the the shark I think in their studio somewhere just up because they were so proud of it and the chainsaw uh, um, from the fifth one. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. So much fun. And you can see everybody involved, like just loved doing what they were doing there. Yeah. So from Jaws to Sharknado, what's, what's, what's your uh, number four then? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go also um, semi-terrible. Um, but <laughs> I don't think it has quite the cult following yet. From 2014, Beaster Day. And now the, I the can't, full time. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is in my list as well. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here, here, here comes Peter Cottonhell. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> this is my number me, two. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Okay. Well, let me, let me just briefly touch on it then, and then we can address it more as we get to your number two, because I don't want to steal the thunder of that because because it's higher up in your list. But just a giant bloodthirsty Easter bunny starts viciously killing the local townsfolk. When the mayor refuses to act and the attacks grow much more gruesome, the town finds its very survival in the hands of a wannabe actress and a crazy dog catcher. Yeah. I mean, the, the graphics are horrendously bad. Um, and... I was just sucked into this thing. Just, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, well, uh, let's save it. Let's save the rest of it. I, oh, I really? I, okay. Yeah, I, I want to talk about it because I think this is this is good. And it's your, I mean, it's your top. So how about, um, you can tell how well prepared we are. <laughs> but see, we don't share each other's lists. No, we didn't want to do that because it makes it more interesting. Yeah. Exactly. So you're, you're, you're along for the ride just as we are. <laughs> In this episode, <laughs> let me um, let me go to my number three then, if okay. that's if that's yeah, yeah. cool with you. Um, yeah. So let's see here. Oh, I'm, it is. I'm trying to find the um, the year for it. Okay, it's 2012, 
It is found footage. Now, this one is going to hedge just barely on um, on the animal horror, but it is, mm. it's it, really, when you think about it, it is. It is called The Bay. Now, it was, um, it was directed by Barry Levinson, and the premise is that an ecological disaster happens, and um, the the water of this town in this area becomes infected and it they're these little microscopic um they're animals i don't know it's back not bacteria but they're actually like little animals and what they do is they get inside you and they just they kill and it's fairly instant almost i mean you get like blisters and boils and all kinds of just nastiness on there and so if you swim in the ocean or in the water surrounding there if you drink the water from from there if you even eat food now this is a seaside town so they're a fishing town so because yeah, they would have washed with the water yeah exactly mm. and the and the fish the crabs the lobster they all came from right in there also yeah <clears throat> so there there is a lot of cheesiness to this like um some overacting uh, there's some bad voiceovers or not bad voiceovers, but they just, eh, it is, <laughs> it is tense though. And there is oh. one scene in particular. Now this is all found footage. So it's like, um, the government has collected all of this and then it, um, you know, it confiscated it and then it kind of gets leaked. And so, um, uh, now we're seeing it years after the fact. And so one of the reporters I think is the one who's narrating, um, some of what she sees, you know, she's collected all this information, but one of the, the, probably one of the craziest, most intense scenes of the movie, you don't see anything other than this, it's cop car. It's a, um, dash cam footage and it's at night. So it's kind of greenish and you pull up, they pull up into, in front of this house and the cops run in and all you hear now is the radio chatter and it is just nail biting and terror i mean you're like you know you hear some screams you hear just the the dialogue back from, oh it's just it it puts you on the edge of your seat and then it's this is one of those movies like jaws that you don't want to go back in the water because what ends up happening and what the explanation is is super plausible so it's it's not one of these that it's like you know a meteor has landed and it has cracked open and years later you know stuff has come out and this is an alien type of thing no no this is all based in in something that could be real which i think then makes it even more terrifying um i haven't watched it so it's a microbe yeah yeah and it it takes over i mean it gets infected in um you know in crabs and in fish um and then in people and so you get to um Oh, I see. So I was wondering how it's animal, but now I see. So it takes over the, the creatures and what do they do? They just, well, they die. It's, yeah. They, well, oh, okay. yeah. And so like, if you were, if you went to the grocery store at your local fishing town or not even the grocery store, heck, you just, you know, you buy it off the dock at the, from the fishermen yeah. there. Yeah, the, the fresh fish. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, yeah. Exactly. Why, why wouldn't you do that? And so it oh. has, um, it, cause it's these little living creatures within there. And uh. they they infect, and so it. And that's why I said it it, it, it can hedge in the <laughs> in the animal themed horror, but it's. Um, yeah. See, it sounds it, really tense. I love those sort of films. They really they do keep you like if you're eating food, you'll eat it quick. You're like, 
Yeah, I do that too yeah. often when I watch horrors. I make the mistake of starting to eat something while watching a horror, and then like, and now I've got indigestion, and now I'm still on the edge of my seat. Uh, I'm definitely, and so you this don't is, have anything else to eat. No, exactly. So, uh, uh, this is 2012. 2012, yeah. And it is, I mean, I think just like scrolling through the cast, there's not anybody, I think, that... It sounds, that, it sounds good, though. Was it one that went under the radar a bit? Uh, I, I think so. Like, just even looking at the ratings, it's like, you know, middle of the road. Mm. And so it... Um, I didn't see it when it came out. This was one of them that, you know, we had been looking for something and we're like, oh, well, let's try this. I think I was even on a found footage um, kick. And so I was searching out more of those movies that were just the found footage horror. Because, you know, there was that stretch of time where that's pretty much what every movie was. Yeah. Um, They didn't even have to be a horror. I mean, it was just they were using that. And some of them outstanding, some of them not so much. There Uh, were so many. yeah absolutely absolutely and this one uh this is one of the better ones uh i still i still love watching it and it still creeps me out and it just leaves that feeling of like oh you know especially because it's the unknown killer the unknown animal in um for so much of it that they don't know what it is and now they're you know the piecing it together of no way to escape really either so amazing definitely gonna stick that on my list i love those sort of films Okay, so we just went silent. Okay, silence is golden. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was my number three, but I don't know where you're. Yeah, so I'll do I'll do my three, and we can talk about my two after. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so this is a fairly old film, Uh, and it's yeah, I say old. I guess 1996 is old now. Kind of when you it makes me sad when I think about it that way. Okay, uh, how do I I'll see if I can get you to guess what it is? I'll read the synopsis A bridge engineer and an experienced old hunter begin a hunt for two lions after they start attacking local construction workers. Is this, um, wait, I see it in my head. Is it either, <laughs> is it Michael Douglas or Val yeah. Kilmer? Yeah, or both, both, both correct. Oh. Yeah, <clears throat> okay. nice. Yeah, it's called The Ghost in the Darkness. Uh, it's it's set in Africa, and um, what, there's one lion or two lions get, uh, they eat a human accidentally, I think, and then what happens is they become man-eaters because they don't normally like the taste of humans, but once they've tasted humans, that's all they'll eat, and so they start hunting at night, and it's just a mm. terrifying journey of, again, the unknown because you don't know where they are. They hunt at night. They seem more intelligent than your average lions. Um, And if you know anything about lions, it's not even necessarily accurate because for the most part, it's females that do all the hunting. Uh, But these are two male lions, so it's an unusual combination. But it's the pairing of Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer that are, you know, apart from the director who I believe is, what's his name, Stephen? Yeah, Stephen Hopkins, who did Predator 2. So he's done some interesting um, films along the way. Uh, But this has just captivated my imagination. And it doesn't age that much because it's set in Africa and they don't Mm. use much of technology. It's a film that kind of stays the same because they don't rely on technology it's it's all about the story and the time and the lines and i don't remember there being much cg i feel like they interspliced with real footage so it made it that much more realistic where recently there was a a film 
with lines as well with uh, Megan Fox. I think it was called a rogue something, and uh, they they some of the worst CG for <laughs> um, a lion, and so it it was shot wonderfully, but. As soon as you see the line, you're just like, uh, like, don't do that. Don't do the film if you can't rely on good CG. And even the best CG, like Disney level CG, you can still tell that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I like it when they, when you get animal films, you manage to either get an am- animal wrangler. You do get cats that are raised from birth as to be actors. So if, if well done, you can do it. I was just on the edge of my seat pretty much the whole time watching this i've never seen it but do they use like um at least in my head i picture you know tall brown grass that yeah just absolutely the, yeah, okay. all of that yeah it's oh. like you can barely see them it's just the eyes they they meld into the background they will grab people at the back of their tents and just pull them out you know those shots where you just see people like being dragged and you're like Ooh. yeah um, oh. the, I think Val Kilmer has his wife and child so there's that parental protection uh, and there's like people that are great hunters and they're getting taken out like the Maasai warriors but it's not Maasai it's um, the Bushmen I think like the San or the Khoi Khoi as they, they called them um, and like when amazing hunters are getting taken out and people with guns you're like yeah and this is like it's not so old they don't they don't have technology to use to stop the guys and yeah uh, there's much more of a story into it obviously there's engineering why they're reasons why they're there but it's mm-hmm. it's definitely the lion story part of it that i think will keep you engaged well and i think that's again the the plausibility of this the realism that brings in mm. you know that you that's what really creates some good terror and tension i mean i don't you know even like i have i have desires at some point to visit Africa, to go, you know, in a... On a safari. On a safari to, to mm. see just the wildlife in its environment. But I also don't want to be chased by a cheetah or a lion or anything. You should totally get out of the, the Jeep and take some pictures, and right? And take some selfies, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we do, right? This that, is, I mean, this is the 21st <laughs> century. We have phones that have cameras on them that right. the animals should understand <laughs> that we are here and they need to pose with us. Just, you know. Do you know <laughs> which animal in Africa is, has the most kills of humans? Hippopotamus? Yeah. Those things, those things are <laughs> the, lethal, man. They fast you, as well. They oh. just see that's the thing. Well, in rhinos, I think aren't rhinos like the fastest cornering um, mammal? Yeah, you think you can get away? You're not getting away once they start charging. Just get behind a large boulder. This is your best bet. Like even yeah. climbing trees, it'll take the tree down. Oh, welcome to National <laughs> Geographic. In case you're tuning in, you didn't realize that we're having our... <laughs> no, oh, oh my gosh, so that is... Look at that blighter. I'm going to start trying to do accents now. I'll do my oh, African. Yeah. That, that yeah, see, I, it, going back to the movie, I mean, just the the realism portion of that is what does create for me, you know, the the terror. And then when you bring in a family aspect that that mm. protection be knowing that good grief if if trained professionals who hunt these things are getting picked off my my, my child what am i doing there let's just leave you know what yeah. i mean we get I, yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sorry the rest of you are gonna have to fend for yourself just, i gotta get them out of there we're gonna go <laughs> um there's a really good story but i don't i don't want to spoil it because it's one of those that reveals itself as it goes along but uh great score 
it's one of those uh, that's filmed on film, obviously, so it has a, a fantastic grain to it. Uh, I think which just adds to the real like out of Africa sort of because Africa itself is it has it lends itself to cinematography, so mm-hmm. it's just beautiful to look at. And then you add in horror element to that, and and you're there. The adventure has begun. Well, I'm adding that to my list. This sounds <laughs> sounds really good, and I I really enjoy. Uh, Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas. So this will yeah, be good. Yeah, fantastic cast. Okay. Uh, okay, so before we do Beast of Day, what's your number two then, I guess? Oh, let's see here. Um, okay, let me, I've got uh, two honorable mentions. Um, one, now I haven't finished this movie um, and I'm not really sure I, I'm totally <laughs> recommending it. Um, it's called Bunny the Killer Thing. So okay. the the title is why I, I started to watch it because why not right? But yeah. um, it <laughs> okay. So so this dude gets uh, gets kidnapped, injected with some ser- serum. Uh, people are experimenting, and um, it turns him into this giant um, bunny ish type of thing. I mean, think were rabbit. You know the the giant rabbit from Ardman, um, except just. nasty looking all matted fur and everything it though has a massively large penis (laughs) that it that it attacks people with (laughs) and at that point yeah i I could never guess you were going there (laughs) no and then it starts screaming things and i'm like okay i nope gotta go i can't do this it just it thanks for the recommendation though (laughs) yeah yeah, i mean if if you decide to watch this or if you have watched this i'd love to know you know is it is it worth watching is it worth finishing i can't imagine that it is i was just i mean the act everything about it is terrible like the acting is just horrendous you know the the cinematography if you can even call it that i mean the camera work the the camera quality even is just all atrocious so it's just Mm. it's it's not good, but the title alone. So if that, I mean, if you're in the mood for something that is just absolutely <laughs> bizarre like that, go for it. Uh, my next one is not really an animal, even though it kind of is. It's 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 animal mixed with alien. So we're okay. going to go there. It's called cool. Grabbers. And it's yeah, a, nice. You've seen it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reason the reason we decided to watch this is because the premise is that uh, this alien um, with all these like is it tentacles? Yeah, they, they, it's like know, a they, squid <laughs> monster thing. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, they are attacking this small town, but the villagers discover that if you're drunk, they don't oh, attack such you. Such a great premise. <laughs> I love so, it so much. Yeah. So you have the cast running around trying to actively stay drunk and yeah. then f- trying to function while drunk and yeah, so you gotta just... yeah you gotta fight alien squid monsters while apt and it's not a little bit drunk you have to get your toxicity level like really high but this comes from a town i think it's an irish town is that right i think so yeah yeah, yeah. where people are used to drinking like this yes. is like what they do for so it's a like he has like six guinnesses <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking over. Yeah, I love this film. No, it's great. No, no, you're totally right. That's exactly this. So this is why it's on my honorable mention because it just it was it was one of those that absolutely surprised us and just loved. I mean, it was just bonkers. And I love and like you said, you know, the town where they're used to drinking. I mean, they play into that stereotype of Irish and drinking. And so, um, you know, if your if your tolerance level is already up here, yeah, what do you have to you do? Know, 
Yeah, the poor yeah, barkeep. I remember him moaning. It's like they're going to clean me out. <laughs> they're going to have nothing left. Uh, well, and yeah, and that's at some point you do run out, right? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that was yes. That that's a good one. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Great film. So, my number. My number two is uh, 2006, and it is Bong Joon Ho's The Host. Nice. Now, let's not confuse this with some other movie i think from by the Steph twilight Mi- <laughs> yes yes yeah no, I, don't, no. I, I don't i don't know what that movie's about i don't care guys <laughs> this one is spectacular and you have a um the u.s government where so there's a little bit of a social commentary in here also and uh, you know almost maybe satire but the mm. u.s government has dumped some chemicals in this secret lab and what they do is they flow into the han river and that then mutates the um you know a a fish fish with other things and so it becomes this this massive creature that has a really long tail i mean this the whole thing about it is not right i mean so you take a fish and it now has some legs or appendages um just a really big mouth um a young girl is taken and you have now the family trying to get get her back and just the the emotion the the cinematography in this is spectacular Mm. i mean you you're sucked in by just the beauty of how it how it goes and there's a there's a time limit to it i mean there is a you know so you feel urgency because there is a chase that's going and there is a part where the characters are in a i think it's a sewer and they're hiding you know and you just you see and you hear and sometimes more you hear than anything you know and it's just you know you can't can't breathe they just and so i'm sitting there feeling along with my characters of like you know Mm -hmm. and um there's there's a lot of emotion uh to it as well you know there's i think it's um what a a son is he a son and his dad Mm. that um that that relationship and just you watch even um even the character progression of uh, the son and he's I don't know uh, need to look up his name but he's been in several of Bong Joon-ho's um, films it's yeah. um, oh, it's, uh, Song Kang-ho and he so he's been in in a bunch of, of them and so you would recognize um, this actor and just you, you watch his character progression and you know go from slacker I think he's uncle maybe to the girl uh, just you know he's kind of that you know, fun uncle or whatever and then he becomes so much more and he has to step up in responsibility and just it the whole thing really works and the the cgi doesn't always i think hold up as well but you know what it's 2006 he created this this creature and so some of it you just you kind of go with um there, there's this one scene i think it's in the trailer where like these people are running they're running alongside the river and there's this all these steps that go up and i guess people could can sit there and you know i, I don't know exactly what it's for maybe it's just an aqueduct and that's part of the the structure but the river's really low but you you see all of these people racing and you see up on the top and it, it's it's fairly far away but the monster grabs somebody and it just throws them <laughs> I see them just fly across, you know, and then land in the river. And so it's amidst all of the all of the emotion and everything, the chase and those, you know, the violence is still a lot of fun as well. And so it, um, yeah, 
You did? Did you see this one? I've seen this a number of times. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favorites. I um, I think Bong Joon Ho is a genius. I, I absolutely do. Like when it comes to his films, I'm there. Uh, Okja was one of the most heart wrenching films I've seen. A Netflix original about a super pig, um, and Snowpiercer, yeah. Sorry, my brain was having it like just incredibly tense. Talk about intense filmmaking, uh, and obviously that's now spawned, I think, two seasons, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's doing quite well. But going back, yeah, the only drawback is that the the CG has somewhat aged in parts, but there are places where it's still really polished and it looks great. And like you mentioned, some of those wider shots. Um, are fantastic because there's actually a lot going on in the background so where it's focusing on this family and I think that's the film's selling point because it's always about the characters uh, so he does spend a lot of time about this broken family and they are you know the the, the, the older dad is trying to look after them in this food truck and uh, the kid's basically just eating the food and not really doing much And but he has a daughter that he needs to look after and then that she gets taken and it becomes this rescue film so you're on there i think that the other daughter is like a an elite athlete archer or something if i yes. remember correctly mm-hmm. yeah and so you know that's going to come into play somewhere like what dynamics uh so when it gets into it like the the latter end you're totally on board because you're rooting for the family it's also not afraid to go to the darker places with certain characters which i was I was very happy about, which I think is a, a calling card for um, Bog Ho. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's uh, of the same train of thought, I think, as uh, Stephen King when he says, don't be afraid to kill your darlings. Uh, and yeah, so there are moments in this film. I was just like, mm, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, incredible. Great choice. All right. Where, do, uh, so where does that bring? Does that, that brings do- us to the bunny. Yeah. Okay. So in the UK on Amazon Prime, it's called The Beaster Bunny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But it's Beaster Day. Here comes Peter Cotton Hal. Hide your eggs. A 50 foot man eating Beaster Bunny is on the loose, and the townsfolk won't stand a hop in hell. <laughs> My gosh. Okay. So the first time you see the Beaster Bunny, you're like, how is this a movie? Like, seriously, it is so bad. Like, from... I, I barely... I can barely call it CG. It's just, like, green screen over a, a bit of film that they filmed and actors reacting badly and badly timed and, and literally, ah, and then jump off screen and then cut to Bunny, uh, which is, like, behind the house for some reason or doing its thing and people i love the way that people react badly and slowly or in the wrong direction in this like there's so many times where it's like it's coming this way and then they're like wait 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 yeah i think i i, I shook my head and laughed a, a lot not because at any time i was really entertained and i was just like how 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 are you on amazon how have i not got a film made when this thing is alive <laughs> it it astounds me that they yes that this because i mean the bunny itself bunny is (laughs) i mean it looks like a a doll that has been run over several times by a truck and then they kind of just you know stuck it back together and then they just kind of move it along i mean it is 
out of focus shots, <clears throat> badly oh. um, trained, uh, no steady cam, a Dutch shaky for the sake of it. It's like I did that intro that I showed you recently with the T-Rex thingy um, and I, without like going, I think some of my shots in that thing are better than this movie that I put together okay. one one afternoon. You know? and, and so they're just like, well, so, so how do you get budget and how do you rope your friends and family into making something like this? And this is not even the first film they've done. Like, oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I'll need to go. What did you think? I, well, the acting is, I mean, is atrocious. It oh really gosh, is. Yeah. It is the, even, even take away the acting part of it. I mean, like you could blame a lot of it on the actors, but you can also blame it on the dialogue. I mean, the oh, dialogue is just... just painful. And then the whole, like the first, the first half of the movie, I think they they really just play up exploitation. You know what I mean? Like the, you have, um, this woman who's standing in her room in her backyard gardening and she just looks up and she screams <laughs> yeah. she runs and then apparently then <clears throat> excuse me the the bunny slashes <laughs> and her top falls off and now she runs around in slow motion topless and you're like why what why there's there's yeah it's really i mean it it is exploitative exploitative but, ex- yes but, yeah, but yeah, exploit- boobs chris you gotta well, have boobs well i understand but this is not the <laughs> 80s where we had the tna movies you know what i mean this one it just it was i w- so the moral is if you keep your clothes on you might live <laughs> might because there are several times that people take their clothes off for whatever reason and they <laughs> don't survive and it's just <clears throat> the <laughs> Even the very beginning. I mean, let's just go with the very beginning of the movie. It takes place at a wedding that has really no context for anything. And, and you have this toast that is supposed to be maybe funny, maybe searing. It's just completely awkward, but not even in a good awkward like in Bridesmaids, where right. Kristen Wiig, you know, is is just you're like you're cringing. No, this is just cringy because it's just terribly written, terribly executed. And then the dude, somebody is just attacked but we don't see why or how or you uh, yeah know, this and, is the cut to the the wood area next to yeah. the where the wedding is happening for yeah. no reason no, no context reason. just is yeah and then we're and then we're into the next day yeah and then then it's going along yeah you know, there's just, no there's no continuity like no. at all <laughs> no no and yet i couldn't stop watching it I mean, I was I was sucked in the whole time because it finally did become one of those that it's so bad that it's kind of good. I mean, it this is this is not of the well, yeah, it, it's number two on your list, it, it, and it deservedly so. It's on both of our lists because it's this, just, and not as an honorable mention. I mean, no, it, it's 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 like the worst. Yeah. You should watch it. You should watch this. Yeah, it's just. Um, Goodness. You know what? If you're a budding filmmaker, you should watch this to give yourself hope. If this can give, get made, you're all right. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, no, you got no excuse, really. Yeah. No doubt. Just go for it. Just do it. Just, Just do and, it, man. You know, yeah. Put your stuff out there because it's I gonna mean, be it, better than this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh goodness. Ah. All right. <laughs> so this leads us to your one. Oh, uh, okay. My number one. 
this was this has been on my list for a while um and i only got to check it out this year because it had been on my list for quite a while it was on amazon prime and then it disappeared and then um, a friend online had he had messaged me on facebook and he was like dude uh have you seen this movie I was like, well, it's on my list, but no, I hadn't. He goes, it's back on Amazon Prime. You've got to check it out. Well, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. We, so, um, my wife, uh, to her chagrin and her utter disappointment, um, <laughs> sat through while me and my two sons watched the Velocipastor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks very much for that, Chris. Because <laughs> you also were like, you got to check this out. <laughs> Oh, my God. Sharing the love. I mean, talk about another movie that has absolute continuity issues. Uh, The acting, the directing is is terrible. One of the opening scenes, this guy who is a who is becoming a priest, training to be a priest. He um, he comes out because his parents are visiting and (laughs) he's he's. I don't even know why it happened. I can't remember why it happened. There but is no, but, I can't remember either. There's no reason. He he walks out of the church, sees his parents getting out of their car, and you hear an explosion, and he goes, ah, and it flashes to where the car was. And on the screen, there is no more car there, and it says VFX explosion, or insert VFX here. And then it continues on. And we all, I mean, after we wipe the tears from our eyes, we rewound it because it was like, no, surely that was not, <laughs> that they didn't do that, right? And no, that is on purpose. You think that maybe they forgot, but that is on purpose there because if you look at it, it's not like just a, a regular title card. I mean, they actually put the, you know, put oh, the it's title. it's like a green screen with the title. Yeah. 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 I mean, this was, this was done on purpose and it sets you up for what's going to happen. I actually I think mean, it's a stroke of genius that that moment it's brilliant it's so well executed and, and it catches you off guard to make you mm-hmm. then go oh. but there are so this dude turns into a velociraptor um and when he does it is um it, it's spectacular i mean he's running around in this rubber suit uh that is just awkward uh it, bad there's ninjas i don't know why there's ninjas but there are ninjas you gotta um, have ninjas yeah, the um, he, the at one point they switch and him like trekking through. I guess it's supposed to be China. Was that where it was? China, some <laughs> Asian wasn't. country, and it, it just says China. I, you, yeah, it, some the park sign. in their backyard. Yeah, yeah. And um, the battle, the battle towards the end, um, where the Velocipaster, he he's in peril. The love of his life is in peril. He's being attacked by all these ninjas, and he transforms. The fight that ensues, that is that is one of just gloriousness because you have the, the rubber-suited Velociraptor just poorly executing moves, running around. You can see parts of the guy inside the costume. <laughs> um, at points, there are while some a fight is going on. There's dudes in, in dressed in ninjas just standing in the background, yeah, <laughs> not well. doing anything. And um, then there comes a kill, and it is so wildly not real, and. I love that then the camera focuses to show us how not real it is in the aftermath. And it's just, it's, <laughs> this is a garbage movie that everybody needs to watch. I do believe it's on YouTube now because that's where you saw it, right? Yeah, that's where I found it. Yeah, it's for everybody to experience the gloriousness that is Velocipasta. I mean, I was sold by the title, let's be honest. The title is brilliant. 
Uh, it doesn't get much better than that in titles. At least this is one that sticks the landing when it it knows what it is. It it, it is funny. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's barely a film. Um, it, it, the, the editing is atrocious. The acting is unpurposely awful. I think. I think the acting is good because it's. I feel like they're on purpose being the overacting right yeah to yeah try like and, yeah like to like there's this one woman's she gets slashed and then i think later she's fine and it's like you're fine because you're fine and i was just like what <laughs> okay great let's just let's run with that um well, the, the seriousness of the priest like f- cutting after the the parents have died i'm just are you, are you is this really happening this is amazing okay <laughs> well and can you explain to me why the trailer for this has an Australian accent to it? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Why? Because it doesn't play. Like, maybe takes place just in the U. Yeah. Maybe they hired a guy that was like, I do voiceover acting, not knowing that it was Australian. <laughs> maybe they thought it'd just be funny. Maybe. I mean, because nothing about the movie is Australian. Or. or just because I think it takes place, doesn't it, like in Kansas or something like that, right? Yeah, also China. So the Australian has n- n- no reason for it it's to be. It's an international production. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they were going for. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, okay. So <laughs> after that ridiculousness, what, what's, what's yours? All right. So this is one you're probably never going to have guessed that I would have had. Um, my number one. I'm not even sure you've seen it, but in the UK... This is a film that has caused many children nightmares and probably have needed some actual help. Like after watching it, they may have needed to go and see a psychiatrist. Uh, It is so dark that the BBC, I think still to this day, have fights about it being a PG because they think when this film was made, they only it was PG or 15. Um, And so it got a PG. But it should have been a 15. So there used to be like PG-13s and or, P, or 12s. And, and it should have at least gotten a 12. Uh, there's been radio shows about just a discussion of whether this is a kid's film or whether it's a straight-up horror. And it's called Watership Down. Have you ever seen this? It, is this the one with the bunnies? Yes, it's another bunny. Okay. So Netflix, Netflix did a remake uh, that sure. was CG. Yeah, but there's an original one. Uh, that was made in, I think it was adapted by a novel by Richard Adams from 1972. It was made in 1978, so it's old. But I tell you what, it's the most realistic take and look at what happens in the lives of bunnies. You see them die horrifically, like badly. It shows blood and all of that for PG. It is animated, but it's it's early style animation. Very, very dark. But the juxtaposition of that is life. And so it's a look at death and life. And it's it's like a you could take it and study it and write theses on it. Uh, it's just that in depth. But it's horrific. I remember watching it when, I mean, I remember watching it going, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't young, but going, this is horrific. Like, it scarred me as a young man. And then I remember talking to parents who had, accidentally, this is a bunny film. This will be fine for my kids. It's a PG. And kids crying for weeks on end because of how horrific. Like, it's, it's, the theme is seriously adult in a, in a kid's, 
it like wraps in a nice little bow of kids and it's horrific and for that reason it's my number one because it's still to this day talked about in like radio shows tv shows they discuss like what is it about watership down that was so so scary i well i have not seen it but looking it up it looks to be on hbo max oh there you go so i'm i have to check this out yeah it yeah pg-13 91 minutes long yeah um well and it's uh it, it's animated also yeah yeah that's looking at some of the photos there i mean that... so not the, it's not a not the netflix remake uh cg one yeah the original yeah oh that <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch it. That 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 that's terrifying. That you would have a seemingly innocent-looking movie be so horrifying that you would you know plop down with your kids and watch. Now you know, back in the you know the seventies, eighties. I mean, you, you pretty much you wouldn't just you know sit your kids down and then you go do something else i mean it would be a family event you know now though so you know putting it in oh look bunnies and okay oh i'm 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 excited to check it out because it is your number one i mean this is you know to watch something that is just absolutely terrifying and and horrendous that that sticks with you it sounds like so yeah, the British Board of Film Classification is still receiving complaints about this movie for decades after its release due to the board's classification. Oh, I was wrong. To classify it as a U, suitable for all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, it's it, it's oh a goodness. U. Yeah. So that would be in the U.S. That would be like a G, just general audiences. Everybody can go see it in... Yeah. So here's the, a quote, uh, well, one of the lines from the narrator. It says, all the world will be your enemy, prince of thousand enemies. And when they catch you, they will kill you. But first they must catch you. Digger, listen, runner, prince with swift warning, be cunning, full of tricks, and your people will never be destroyed. It's seriously dark. <laughs> but it's excellent. It's really good. Yeah. I am looking forward to checking this one out then. Thank you for that. That sounds good. You're welcome. Oh. Uh, nightmare juice for your the little child inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You know what? Okay, before we wrap up, I meant to start us off with this, but I'm going to do it now. Okay. I have a I have a math riddle for you. All right, okay. And it's animal themed. That's why it fits here. You okay. know my math is terrible, right? That's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay, cool. Okay. There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? <laughs> there are 30 cows in a field, 28 chickens, and 28, and 28 chickens? There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? Wait, wait, okay. 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? Uh, okay, explain it to me. I'm going to read it slower. Is it like are, didn't, like didn't, didn't eat no. it? No. Okay. There are 30 cows in a field right. and 28 chickens. Oh, no. Oh. Ah, damn it. 
my my youngest son told me that ah. yesterday and i sat there and i sat there and i kept repeating it to myself and i kept repeating it and then finally those. it clicked it's and so I was, obvious yeah well it was right and so i started laughing and then um everybody else in the room was like what i don't get it and so we we kept repeating it and they're like <sighs> No, I've, I've seen I've seen uh, videos on this where people they get really frustrated and and the, like the boy from the partner is like, and and they really slow it down, but they're still not hearing it. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so just in anyway. case nobody got it, twenty eight chickens. <laughs> yes. So ten is the answer. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thank, th- oh. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, well, you know, hey, on that note, um, <laughs> <laughs> we thank you all for joining us uh, for the best thing we watched this week, the top five animal horrors. Uh, hopefully we have given you something to check out that you want to add to your list. Maybe a few things that you um, are going to absolutely avoid. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. But um, either way, you know what? We would love to hear if you have some recommendations. Let us know in the comments because... Um, as I said, we have this Google Docs of uh, <laughs> just animal horrors, and I do go to them. And so I, you know, oh hey, this let's check this one out. And so we can add more based on your recommendation. So I would love to hear those. I know Ruben would too. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to check out and hear the bonus audio where we are discussing the best thing that we watched for this week, you can head over to Spotify or Anchor FM or pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcasts and catch us there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am Chris with Movies and Munchies. This is Ruben with the Ruby Tuesday. And we will all catch you next week for the probably the most horrifying um, segment <laughs> that we are going to do that neither of us have been looking forward to. And it is our top five clown horrors. Mm. No, not thanks. looking forward to it yeah i might so, get my wife to watch it and, and get her to tell me what they were like can i no. cheat no you can't you <laughs> have to watch these <laughs> oh man yeah oh so on that note we'll see you next week okay. hey welcome to the extended edition of the best thing we watched this week uh thanks for tuning in to the podcast and sticking around with us uh, so let's just dive right into the best thing that we watched this week. Ruben, why don't you kick us off? Okay, so um, the thing I'm going to talk about is probably one that most people haven't watched yet. Or you would look at, it's a new film from Netflix. It's called The Trip. It's directed by Tommy Warkola. And it's also called, because uh, I can't speak speak Norwegian, it's called Ayonda Dagar. So I probably decimated it in its original language title, but it's a dysfunctional couple head to remote cabin to reconnect, but each has intentions to kill each other before they can carry out their plans. Unexpected visitors arrive and they faced with a greater danger. Uh, I signed up to this because of, uh, how do I pronounce the name? Numi Rapis. Rapis. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love her as an actress. I think she chooses really interesting roles. So whenever you see her, that's normally a seal of approval for me. But what I got was so much more than I was expecting. I know you haven't finished this, so I'm going to tread lightly so you can enjoy it. Thank you. (laughs) But this reminded me of Shaun of the Dead in the way that Shaun of the Dead starts with, this is a weird take on zombies it's funny it's light-hearted and then the latter half of this film is just super dark and you're killing off family and and like 
but I was laughing a minute ago. Now I'm just sad. Uh, this film does that, but a lot. So it will go from drama, really broken up marriage, to oh, what are they doing to really? Is this is where this film's going? Okay, I guess you could have had a divorce, but you know, let's kill each other. And then <laughs> um, it's dark, and they go to places with something that happens in this cabin in the middle of nowhere, and and I'm like. Wow, I am uncomfortable. I haven't. This is not often that I see this type of stuff depicted. Uh, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies, and then I'm laughing, and then I'm grossed out because the gore is like you just seen Halloween Kills, man. And and some parts of this film will give Halloween Kills a race, uh, a run for its money. Uh, I was just like, whoa! I feel like I'm watching um, what was that? A zombie kill of the week. Uh, one of those films, the, the zombies, like you have the, this is like top kill of the week. We should rank them best kills in movies in 2021 because <laughs> this might have uh, a couple in there. Oh, uh, wow. I had so much fun. By the end of the film, I was like, I did not expect this. The Well, in the way, I mean, I'm only uh, 25 maybe minutes into it and it's already it's uncomfortable. Like mm. because because of the dynamic between our couple that, like you said, you could just oh this is the way that you're choosing to to pursue things, <laughs> okay, um, versus just you know ending the relationship that well okay, but they I mean they're so dysfunctional and they're so just cold and callous to each other you know and from what I've seen like I'm I'm fully invested. Uh, mm. Numi is she's outstanding I, I really enjoyed her I mean I just saw her in Lamb also another just yeah. stellar performance and so this uh, the thing that got me was that it had it at first I thought you know when I read the description I was thinking oh kind of like you know strangers on a train but then no you're not killing each other's spouses you're trying to kill each <laughs> other and so you know I just yeah the concept um intrigues me a ton and i'm really glad to hear that it goes dark that it, it goes dark and the practical stunts i think that's what surprised me the most um the choreography is uh, is not a word i ex- expected to use in this film um <laughs> and it's excellent so i don't know if you've seen films like so what happened to monday or close she, she mm-hmm. has some ex- extraordinary uh stunts that she does herself i believe and she's so believable. So I, I'm guessing she takes some of that expertise and you see that fully on display here. But it doesn't work unless your cameraman knows what he's doing. And even if you're f- cutting fast, you've got to be able to show the audience what you're, you're seeing, right? And zoom close at the right moment to accentuate the like the, a, a knife or whatever they're using. And, and it does it so well that you're just literally, you probably hold your breath for the action sequence. You're like, it's great. Good. A lot of fun. And okay. I really want to talk to you about the action sequence that I'm mentioning. <laughs> you, you'll have to be like, okay, I've seen it. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll, we'll have to chat about it during the week because this is, mm. yeah, they, they, it has been one that was just, it was on my um, on my list that I really was looking forward to. But Netflix, in all of their wisdom, released like three or four movies that I wanted <sighs> to watch in addition to a series this weekend. Yeah. And so it just, you know... It, <sighs> Anyway, yeah. Okay, so the the trip, um, I think, isn't um, the the oh, I don't remember what because there's a wow talking is hard this morning. <laughs> um, the the translation that they give at the beginning 
um, from the Norwegian isn't actually the trip. It was uh, like the worst part or something like that. It had it tied in, I think, with um, with like wedding vows. And that, oh. I think, you know, play, well, that plays makes more sense. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure why they chose the trip as a I mean, I let me say I do understand because of they go on a trip and then what happens. But and the the original title may not convey necessarily a way that, you know, that makes you want to watch it. But either way, whatever you call it, I mean, I'm engaged with what I've seen so far and hearing mm. that it is just bonkers and dark and funny and making you maybe a little conflicted, <laughs> you know, and then also gory. I, yes. Okay. I'm there. Okay. If you're not sold yet, I'm going to say two words. Okay. okay. Nazi poop. What? <laughs> there you go. All right. So, uh, well, I was sold, but now I'm really sold. <laughs> <laughs> so what's um first on your list? Uh, okay. Um <clears throat> this this was one that I have been looking forward to for weeks. Um I think I may have watched a, and finally like a trailer or maybe the teaser for it. But it is the South Korean crime drama thriller mystery um action uh my name. Yeah. And I know you watched this too. This was, um, I mean, I was, I was so impressed with the fight scenes within this, the fight choreography yeah. that they do. So you have this, this young woman who the, it's a revenge story. Her father is killed by an unknown assailant and she then, uh, teams up with the organization, the criminal organization that he was a part of in hopes of tracking down who, who killed him. And so that's that's your basis of the plot. And she um, she's taken under the wing by his the, her dead father's best friend who runs the organization. And he you know, he trains her and gets her wrapped in. And so she becomes just this crazy adept fighter. Mm -hmm. And the the fight scenes are brutal. They they I think that's one of the strongest points of the of the show itself is just yeah. the choreography that they do the the not shying away from the gore and the violence. I mean they you know a lot of these people um, when they are fighting they're not using guns. Now there some guns are used, but more often than not it's giant machetes and swords and daggers and that that level of violence is just crazy because it's close quarters battles. And yep. they're doing, you know, they're doing martial arts and straight up kickboxing. And it is just, it's intense. And there's one scene where there's this uh, this battle royale type of thing that happens just amongst all of the organization recruits. You know, so it's um, it's in a cage. It's last man standing. And I rewound it because I loved it so much. But her <laughs> move that she does, um, she... When she misses a punch, or she doesn't really miss oh, a punch, yeah. you know, and she it's continues a, through. It's a fake out move, yeah. Yeah. It's oh so good. Gosh. Yeah. Just, I was like, whoa, did I just see that? Yep, let me rewind <laughs> it. Ooh, that was cool. Um, <laughs> so, but but even with, okay, so you have all of that action, but then the the story itself, I was engaged in. I mean, I was, I was drawn into her quest. I wanted, her, you know, her, I became invested in her. And she was just, she was 
endearing, even though she is very flawed. And she's kind of off-putting, and she keeps everybody really at much of an arm's distance. But she, I was sucked into her, then concerned for her, and I wanted her mystery to be solved. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the more, the more I thought about it, I think some of that is, it is obvious. Um, it wasn't as obvious to me going through, you know, the final reveal and what it is. Um, I had made some guesses that were wrong along the way. Um, and then I guessed, you know, I made another guess and it was right, but just, you know, just not too soon before the, the actual reveal. Um, but I do think maybe you, you could probably guess beforehand, but I don't think that it really takes away from what the story actually is because it's, it's still her pursuit. So even if we, the audience know who it is, it's still her going after this unknown person. And then when she finds out, that's not where it ends. You know, she has to continue on. And uh, in the last the last two episodes, I think where we see some massive character growth with with the main character. I just loved that because you see her, her actually transform um, to going from this this single minded revenge to now she has more depth to her and she's she's still after the revenge she's still after the person who killed her dad but she's also now have some other investments in her life where she feels you know she feels part of something finally you know that she might this might not be her only thing and so that adds just a whole nother complication and another level of drama to to that and then of course you know the the series just continues to upend things and to you know create uh, tumult. Tumult is that the right word? Just mm. you know it, it messes with you so that there's never really any peace as we go along. You might have these moments where it sits and you're like, oh, okay, we can breathe. The character can breathe, uh, and then nope. Here comes some other complication, and dang it, we we were just starting to you know relax a little bit. Mm. Uh, and you you saw this. What did you? Uh, think? Yeah, did you? Did we want to talk spoilers at all, or do a warning and talk spoilers? Or um, we, I, I think we can talk spoilers if you want. I mean, this is uh, there's no real chapter markings in um, in the podcast, so just know that for the next several minutes uh, we. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be touching on some spoilers if you haven't seen the show yet. Okay, so I think we've seen the storyline before uh, in a number of films, especially cop betrayal ones where it it, it twists. Uh, so you're you have a revenge storyline. Somebody is trained by somebody. You infiltrate that organization. So we've seen that. Like none, none of that was new to me. And I've, uh, the, the Departed springs to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar premise. However, I loved her as the protagonist. I think she has incredible presence. And when she could fight as well and was believable in that, I just was so happy because now you have an actress that is you're, you're rooting for because she's carrying all the dialogue and the words. Then you have the martial arts that, you know, mix of UFC, Krav Maga, uh, and then like just good old street fighting. 
And so you have all these things that just are ticking, like just making this great. Then you have the vibrancy of the color palette that is shot at night. So you have these neon bright colors uh, really giving the city a life of its own. And so whenever she's out in it or um, there are these sequences of like fighting, because there's a lot of a lot more action that I expected to get out of this. Uh, I was really happy about that. I think it was great Uh, and different type of action or stunts. There's one bit where she's fighting in her bike outfit and she ends up jumping over the railing and landing on the truck like i was just thinking about how long that that sequence would have just the fight sequence before that trying to make sure she's not revealing who she is Mm -hmm. to her cop partner but i was surprised at how emotionally i was engaged and i could tell how emotionally i was engaged when we hit that last episode and there's a moment i'm hesitant i'm hesitant to even say it but there's a moment where i shouted at the scream i went no because someone got shot yes and i was just like the the repercussions of her world where she's becoming the monster and that was what the the guy was trying to do this whole time uh can you become the monster do you have it in you to become this monster and i was like that for me that was the moment where she went over to the 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 dark side there was right anything she was trying the, the they were trying to pull her back to, to choose the side of light. But where it leaves, it's, it makes me wonder then, because I have this theory that if they ever did a second season of, and they had a really great story, she could be in charge of this organization now. There, there's, a, there's a vacuum. She could take mm-hmm. it over. She is now the monster. She might allow herself to become that, you know, or she could become the vigilante and... and, and a, a bouncer that kind of sort like a somebody you hire to sort out your issues um they've established something that could work really well and i know netflix like to do this when their series work they want to do more so i think they're eagerly thinking about squid game because it's got 111 million views <laughs> yes so that's done quite well south korea are kicking ass with the content man <clears throat> yes they are like like just give me more because it's great acting great storytelling allowing yourself to push the boundaries not doing the hollywood typical we're going to all survive you don't know who's going to survive in this and you don't know how it's you know so i was like i was equating the action to the raid you've seen the raid films have you no i haven't i've heard that they're spectacular and i love uh, was it gareth evans who yeah created it and does yeah. it yeah directed it oh my gosh put that on your list like seriously <laughs> You, you need to sort that out, Chris. Everybody know, in the comments, I, tell Chris. I know, I know, I know. I'm hanging my head in shame. I know, I know. Yeah, uh, but that's like kind of the, that's the standard that people equate to other action scenes. Like if you can do mm-hmm. as good as the Raid films do, then you're doing something right. Uh, but then you add in this really interesting story and I was just like, man, I'm sold. It's the reason why I gave it five Nicolas Cages and, and, and not, many things get so many Nicolas Cages because mm-hmm. it is crazy uh, it's out there it's intense it's violent they don't shy away from the blood uh, no. some of the moves man alive I was just like whoa okay that's brutal uh, and they also do this thing where they get cut a million times but get up again you're like just stay down aren't you oh. dead yet you're a henchman yeah, I, the, 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 hmm. when they get stabbed in the armpit 
Oh, oh, I mean, there, there, there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, that, why are you getting, you should have died. You know, you just die anyway, just out of, don't, don't. Stick your hand up and go, I've been stabbed in the armpit. Can I go home? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. You can go. Um, (laughs) Well, and even, um, the, the scene I think in episode two it takes place after the battle royale where mm-hmm. our heroine is she's attacked by two people in within the organization and she grabs the pot you know the broken shard and yeah. um, you know and she's told there are key points to where you hit your attacker don't focus on anything else because if you're going based on strength alone you're gonna lose so you she's have petite to- she's small she's going up against strong fighters yeah Yeah. and so by strength they can outpower her but Mm. by cunning by skill by speed um she can take the advantage and we see her do that so many times but oh my gosh she she chooses one of the the weak points on the guy and um (laughs) 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 yeah good thing you didn't get up (laughs) but I love to see there's so much kind of context to that scene alone. I mean, you could dissect this series. So that's her father's ashes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if that that's broken, she was about to be assaulted in the worst way. And so she takes like part of her father's ashes are ground in the cut with her hand with the pot and then, you know, stabs the guy in the part where he was obviously going to use that part to assault her. And I was like, that's just that's genius it's 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 horrific but brilliant absolutely absolutely and very fitting i mean that's Mm -hmm. one of those that you go yes that's what you should have done (laughs) you know and then you it's addressed later on in the series too by that same guy where he no longer functions in the way that he would like to function and so yeah no this is i i do love this is a, a very layered uh show and i think it's one that to go back and revisit because now mm. that i've seen everything i can then now take in more of the nuances that yeah, were going I, along I you know um and i gotta i gotta be honest that at points because i'm watching it with subtitles um some of the names like escaped me because you would have people like so our main character she actually had two names one that she yeah. went by that that the organization knew her by, but then one that the cops know her by as her alternate persona. And the same yeah. goes for a couple of other characters. And so that, for me, I was like, wait, who is that? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Now I remember, you know, and um, in the subtitles, I'm not sure are always the um, the best translation, or the, especially when it came to names, because I would hear pronunciations of names, and then I would see it, and I'm like, well, that didn't totally match up a little bit. You know, there's something <laughs> different. So anyway, there's a little nitpick there. But um, the show itself is, I mean, it's stellar. And I, yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, I don't think it's going to become maybe to the same uh, popularity that Squid Game did. But no, I, I doubt think, it, yeah. You know, I do think, though, that because you have Squid Game, that popularity, um, that more South Korean content is going to be pushed out. Um, I do believe even like Netflix has made a, an agreement, you know, or they're opening up an office or something like that in Asia to maybe procure or even um, start more, more content. And I'm, I'm thrilled by this because pretty much everything that I've seen that comes from South Korea, much like Germany, Mm. has been outstanding so far. Yeah, I agree. So, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. 
my name. If you haven't watched it, put it on your list. Um, <laughs> all right. What uh, what's uh, what's next on yours? Yeah. So um, there were two big series that dropped uh, this week on Netflix, and they were continuations. So we had You season three and Another Life season two, and both are um, the best they've ever been. Uh, so you is the the serial killer that is now like a, a couple in suburbia and the way they tackle that man alive i was just engaged from episode one to the messed up ending um because i know a lot of people are probably still working their way through it's 10 episodes almost an hour long each so i won't mm. do any spoilers suffice to say i think it's the best of the c series so far we've had three i do want to address what netflix did and i think this is it's out there in the world now so i think this is a really crappy i was going to swear a really crappy thing for netflix to have done so one of the things that is nice about this series is you never know who's going to survive at the end and and nobody at the time knew whether this was the end they thought maybe it could wrap up so our main protagonist might die uh, because of you know the craziness he he often gets caught out and he's got to work out how not to get caught out basically of killing people because you know it's not as easy as people think i should know i'm just kidding uh (laughs) (laughs) um but netflix greenlit season four before season three came out and so just by doing that you're like oh okay so i guess he doesn't die then great thanks i don't understand the logic of that you could have waited a couple days after it launched and then gone hey guys if you're really enjoying wondering what's going to happen to our uh, main character here you go yeah i saw that too and it actually confused me because Mm. i thought i thought season three now i haven't seen the series uh but i saw that the season three was coming and then when i saw that announcement i was like oh maybe the season has already dropped i was like oh no it hasn't yet that's that's an odd choice to you know to i mean especially because you're you don't even know how popular this last season is going to be with the fans or the critics so why you know and we've talked about this many times before about what gets greenlit and what stays and then what gets canceled and it makes no sense there now now i mentioned that i didn't um you know i haven't seen the series um Mm -hmm. i read the book and that Uh, was yes yes (laughs) yeah and that that was enough for me honestly and so i when i when they announced the series i was like "Mm, yeah i don't you know i don't know how it translates i don't know you know what they kept what they changed um how close to the character of joe that they joe right yeah it's it's pretty dark yeah yeah well in the book is just i mean it is messed up you know and so i didn't want to revisit that world um (laughs) but i am curious at you know at at how closely it ties in and i know that i mean i've watched just people's reactions and seen that this is a a very popular series with uh, with viewers yeah so did you did you happen to read the book I haven't read the book, um, okay. so I can't say whether the translation, as if they've kept a lot of it. But maybe I, I like too, too much dark stuff because I loved Dexter. Did you ever watch Dexter? I haven't. It's on my list, um, yeah. and I love, I, love, I love dark stuff. I read, like, a lot about um, most of my books are serial killer, you know, murder right. mystery type of things, and that's what okay. I gravitate to with shows. So, yeah, it's not it's – not, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, so I don't know specifically on what it was in the book that was like mm, something yeah. creeped you out and you were like I don't, I don't want to 
Yeah, I just don't want to. I don't want to live in this world more than than mm. I already did. And maybe that was because the book did such a good job of putting me into that world. Maybe that yeah. I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Okay, so um, and so another life season two dropped, and I was amazed. I love first the first season, but I know a lot of people had issue with the first season. Uh, you know that that six percent that we kind of mentioned recently <laughs> it, it stands out. Um, but the comments have been so positive about se- the season two. They were like they took what worked in season one, worked with that, and just made it so much better. They have a mm-hmm. great story. They sharpened up the episode lengths. Uh, the sci-fi is a lot of fun, and then left everybody wanting more at the end in case they get another season but it's kind of wrapped up they've kind of it does feel a little bit quick because it kind of shoved everything in there uh but the story was so riveting um and there's a character in there an ai that goes on a journey development the 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 pinocchio Mm storyline that is just you just love this character every kind of different incarnation of him um as he starts learning to be what it is like data from you know star trek he wants to be a real boy he wants to be human and i've always found that storyline really interesting and it's obviously the pinocchio geppetto storyline you know he real feelings what's Mm -hmm. classed as life um that you know they ask all those questions having that alongside the space adventure was just fantastic that's great that's cool to hear i i never got a chance to to start season (laughs) one and so i didn't i didn't watch season two yet um but hearing that it is much much better and that it really it's maybe finding its groove um Mm. that that's exciting to me and it does make me want to check it out i like katie sackoff I yeah, I've I enjoyed what I've seen of her. So this uh, that you know that that's something that is like oh okay well that that's the one of the draws. And then I like space. I like sci-fi, and yeah, looking forward to that. I'm glad that it uh, that it's good and that the story is really becoming captivating. Yeah, what else is on your list, Chris? Oh, so this um, Halloween Kills? No, it's not. The mov- the <laughs> Let's not poo. go there. Yeah, the movie's poo. Let's just stay away from that. No, um, but I did get to go see The Last Duel in theaters yeah. and Ridley Scott's uh, medieval epic. And I didn't know, you know, I had seen one trailer. And so I kind of had a premise for it. And you have Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, Ben Affleck. And uh, Jodie Comer uh, makes an accusation against Adam Driver that he has um, attacked her and raped her. And so now oh. it becomes uh, Matt Damon, who is her husband, his he his honor, his pride, his duty maybe to make this right. And it comes down to a duel. And yeah. so the movie, um, it shares a lot um, or similarities maybe with uh, Rashomon, Ra- Rashomon, Rashomon, um, where you have it's told in chapters. I mean, the story is, is kind of similar, but this, we get to see it from three different perspectives. We watch Matt Damon's perspective, and that's a good chunk of the movie. And then we watch it from Adam Driver's perspective. And then we watch it a third time from Jodie Comer's perspective. And I, there's a little bit of a Groundhog's Day thing that goes on because we do get some repetition. Yeah. 
You're bound to with that format, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But some of the things that are interesting is that we will watch maybe a scene play out again. The person who said it in Matt Damon's view changes to who said it in Adam Driver's view. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's, you 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 know, there's, you hear that thing, you know, there's your version, my version, and the truth. Well, the broken telephone of, syndrome. Exactly. And so that, that's kind of neat to watch how things play out. And obviously, we when we're watching Matt Damon's version, we only get to see from his perspective. And so where we hear him talk about certain things that have gone on, if he wasn't there to witness them, we mm. didn't, you know, and maybe he's hearing after the fact or anything else, you know, they be happened behind closed doors. We're not getting to see that action. But then when we go to Adam Driver's perspective, we do get to see that because Adam Driver was there, even though Matt Damon wasn't. So right. these, you know, that, that, those back and forth, that, I thought that was really good. Um, they show the rape scene. Now it's not, there's not nudity within there, but that doesn't make it any less horrifying to go through and they show it twice and it's it's tough to watch both times i mean it is you're like huh and i could have done without seeing it the second time but Mm. i was talking with my wife last night about it and she brought up really an excellent point she's like yeah but see we get different emotion and there's a different point of view, obviously, I mean, you know, from when we see it from Adam Driver's view and then from Jodie Comer's view. But yeah. um, but there's more context and there's more interpretation that comes between those two views. Right. And so to see it is important because it it gives us some context. Now, it, it's still horrifying and very just disturbing to watch you know and i think it will be can be triggering to some people because it's i mean it's it's brutal you know but necessary to to show us a full picture of what goes over what went on then when we get to the i mean ridley scott captures the the epicness of you know the set the grandeur of just the location and the setting uh, the the battle scenes as well. So you have, mm. you know, this is medieval, and so you have, you know, just knights fighting, and it is it is gory, it is bloody, it is just tough. You know, that you, I mean, they're wearing all that crap to all of that armor, and then trying to swing those thirty pound swords or whatever they are, as well. And it is, I mean, it is just downright. Um, That's what I want to know. Um, when I think Ridley Scott. For me, what stands out is Gladiator and Kingdom of Heaven. Those are like two of my all-time favorite films. And I don't, I'll fight anybody that says something about Kingdom of Heaven. I love that film to death. <laughs> um, is it as epic? Is he is Ridley back? I think I think to some degree, yeah, yeah, because you are drawn into this story, and then you get it's enhanced by these action sequences that take place. Now we're not watching some monster campaign happen you know between these armies we get portions of it that are very mm. brutal but they're they're there to show us events that propel the story forward because the focus is not really on this battle it's key moments within a battle and right. then then the the one that really is the focus is the duel and so mm. we get it we get a glimpse of it at the beginning we have the very the start of the duel at the beginning of the film 
And then the last portion of the film is where we see the culmination of that, where it then right. catches us back up. You know, we have we've gone back several years to then build out how we got to this point. And now we're watching this and it is intense. I mean, there's probably portions where I did not breathe. I was holding my breath because what they're doing to each other. I mean, we talked about my name, you know, the swords and the the stabbing and everything. And this is the same thing. But they're wearing so much armor in this that it really, I think, most of what they're doing to each other is just Mm. bruising them. And try and yeah. maybe wearing them down because just you know wearing them down. Yeah, they have because chain- you can't get through. It just looks, yeah, chainmail yeah. armor, really heavy. Uh, depending on which stage there are and at the, at the duel, they're just so tired. I mean, jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I mean it is captured really well because it starts with a joust, mm. and then it um, then it transitions to, uh, to swords to swords and hand to hand. Yeah, it is yeah. really well choreographed, really well shot, and oh. It is brutal. There, yeah, okay. when we get to the the final, oh wow! <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was this was a really good story. I do think it was a little long. It felt a little long, right. um, and I think some of that just comes from the the repetitive repetitiveness of watching, you know, the three different perspectives. But at the end of it, I still had a blast. I mean, I was fully engaged in this thing, and I wasn't bored. What about watching this at home compared to cinema? I, you're going to lose something. Mm. Um, just from, I think, from the battle sequences more yeah. than anything. The One of the things that I loved is the color palette that they used, that most of it is gray. Mm. You know, that it has this gray tone. So it has this cold and this just damp feeling to it. So it's but, a really light-hearted, fun film. Oh, absolutely! This is a children's <laughs> film that you should bring, you know, the whole family to, you know, on a, you know, ma- a great matinee. You know, bring all the kiddos <laughs> and everybody. Yeah, no, this is um, solidly an R-rated film. Up there with Garfield, um, right? <laughs> well, maybe from the horror standpoint, yes. <laughs> but no, it is. Um, yeah, it, it definitely. I think seeing it within the theater you're going to get so much more out of it uh mm. just the because you're encompassed then in that dark in that you know the big screen all of the sound watching especially the battle portions of it i think that's really where it's going to come is that you know you can watch as the drama plays out watching it at home isn't going to be that there's not going to be a negative necessarily to watching it at home versus watching it in the theater, but when you get to these epic portions where they're they're on horseback, they're hand to hand combat, that's where really you're going to lose um, some of the scope and some of that that intensity. Nice. I really want to see it. I don't know if I'll be able to drag my wife to see it though. It means I'll sit in the cinema by myself. Oh, that's play sad. a small violin. Yeah, that, <laughs> it is. It. I know you don't talk in a movie. You shouldn't talk in a movie, slap the people talking <laughs> next to you. But yeah. but there's still something about being within the theater, sitting yeah, next the, to... It's a zeitgeist, I guess, of people with you. Yeah. You know, breathing the same air, yeah. Yeah, sharing that experience and then being able to talk about it, you know, especially right after mm. you get out of the theater, you mm. know, of like, oh, what did you like? What did, you know, those, those type of things. So it's, Those are some of my best conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, I live for those. So that's. Do you remember where you were when you watched The Matrix for the first time, and uh, who, who were you speaking to then? 
Yes, it was. Uh, that was the first movie my wife and I saw after the birth of our first son. Amazing. Um, yeah, it was the um, we hadn't left him alone with anybody. And mm-hmm. so this was, you know, several months after after he was born, we went on a, a quick date and we decided to check out The Matrix and just, yeah, blown away by it. So which nice. which they played The Matrix um, Resurrections trailer before yeah. this. And I got to tell you, I'm stupid excited for the movie. Me too. I think I'm probably too excited for this. I'm a little kid. Yeah. 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 Well, and they play, we go as a family tradition, we go to the theater on Christmas Day. And, um, you know, we, the, the hardest part, especially since I started uh, the YouTube channel is because we see movies early now, is what yeah. movie are we going to watch on Christmas, you know, and, <laughs> of course, and holding yeah. one so that we don't watch it, even if it comes out early or even if I have screener yeah. access, don't watch it. Um, yeah. And so the Matrix and The Kingsman both come out on uh, the 22nd in the U.S. Oh. And both of those I'm really looking forward to seeing. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, uh, anyway. Do you get that feeling where you've seen a film a number of times and you don't necessarily want to watch it again, but when you watch it with someone that hasn't seen the film, you want to watch it because you want to see how they react to the film, how excited they get, because you know the film's good, but you've seen it probably three or four times. So watching it again, maybe not might not be in your radar, but say your, ha- your wife hasn't seen it. Yeah. Do you enjoy it then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sharing in that excitement. Um mm. You, you always hope, though, too, that they're going to like it just as much as you do. That's the portion that, that's like a little... I get upset when they don't. <laughs> How yeah. dare you not like a film as much as me? Yeah, when they're when they're not as engaged at certain points, or you know something exciting is coming up, and maybe their attention is starting to drift. Like, no, 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 you need to pay attention right now. I totally do that. Uh, man alive, when we're at home, if the phone or the iPad comes out, I'm like, are you kidding right now? <laughs> Totally. No, I get Watch it. Watch the screen. Exactly. Well, and there there have been movies where it is not holding my attention at home, and so my phone comes out. <laughs> too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's plenty of those. Okay. Oh, okay. What's, uh, what, what's next on yours? Well, the last thing I have, do you have anything more? Uh, no, really I don't. Okay. So the last thing I'd like to talk about, and I think we can try explain to the audio listen, listeners what this film was about because I think we'll have a few theories, was Fever Dream. So this came out this week. I think yes. you saw it like over a week ago because you had a screening for it. Mm-hmm. I watched it the night before. I did a review and then and then tried to put my thoughts together on an explained. And I, the more I, I talked in the explained video, the more I was like, do I believe this? I don't know. Uh, so obviously Fever Dream, a woman. Um, how the hell do you explain this film? Uh, <laughs> A woman, a woman wakes up being drugged through a forest, and an, an unseen narrator is talking to her, telling her to remember and to pay attention to everything around her because what she sees, we all see. Right. Okay. So it's based on a book. Thank you, Chris. It's based <laughs> on a book uh, which has a very big diehard fan base, Okay. Uh, I found out recently. And ah. uh, so th- they were like, uh, better do this right, and for the most part, it it has been received quite well, which is great. Which means they've they've done their homework, I guess. Uh, so the the story is told four times. I don't know if you noticed that. So the, she keeps wanting to to say, "Where is my daughter?" And he's like, and the narrators, you know, you got to stick to the little the little the the details. Mm-hmm. So there's two trains of thought as to what was actually going on here. 
One is that she's actually really ill, and from what we find out in uh, her town is that everything's been sprayed with some sort of stuff, and she's picked up something nasty from the grain or the the grass, and she's basically dying. And so what she's seeing is a, an hallucination. Okay. And so, like, even the witch or not non-witch, the the psychic person that can do stuff with your souls, mm-hmm. that's all in her head, and it's a, it's a, it's a take on what we've done to Earth. So the juxtaposition of that is we can't control what we've done. We are now reaping the repercussions, and we just have to experience it. So that's one theory, and then the other one is that the supernatural stuff was real, and this woman. We're splitting souls, and then so we get to the end, and then this is the question I want to ask you, Chris. At the end, we see the girl gets into the car. Um, whose soul was in the little girl's body? Uh, oh, was sorry, David, the boy, you mean? The, David, David's yeah. body. Yeah, I believe it's the mom. I believe okay. it's Amanda. Um, because now this is this is why I believe this. Um, well, first off, let me go back a little bit because um, when we when we watch how how she becomes poisoned, you know, there's a they show it once, which you're probably not paying attention to. Even though I when I rewatched the scene, I was like, well, gosh, the camera actually flashed to it and and showed us this big um, canister of poison or whatever being dumped on the grass yeah, outside they, the they window. Yeah. And then they showed it to us again um, later. But um, her and her daughter, Amanda and her daughter, go out and sit in the grass. And that's where the daughter yeah. is. She's sucking on her lollipop. Yeah. And the you know the, the daughter then is like, oh, I'm wet. And the mom's like, no, that's just due. No big deal. Well, then we mm-hmm. watch the mom pick up the lollipop off of the ground, pick off a piece of grass, stick it in her mouth. And that's where yeah. she, you know, she fully sucks in all of this poison there. Now, the reason I believe that it is Amanda, half of Amanda's soul within David, is because David is dragging her to the um, to the, the the house with the witch that split souls. If because hmm. I I went down the road that that's that I'm believing that that is the reality within this world that they've set up. Okay, um, so he is dragging her there. And yeah. as a result of that, he still has space in his soul because yeah. half of his soul is only encompassing that body. And so right. when she takes her, we've been told that the soul has to jump to something or to someplace or it goes someplace. And yeah. so it goes there because the reason I say that is because uh, Carola, the Carola, Carola, or the, the other mom, the mom of David, mm. had already taken the young daughter to um from the hospital to the to right. the, the witch doctor you know yes and we watch at one point amanda walking through the um the goop on the floor i don't know exactly what that was but that happens when when a soul had uh transitioned because so doesn't ha- that mean then that the soul went into david For, of the, the from little the little girl, girl. yeah so where does the other half... So you need to get rid of half the soul so that half the poison... So your body has a chance to fight the poison. So then her half of soul must have gone somewhere. So where did her... Which well, is why she recognized her... The, doll? 
Yeah, yeah, with the the rabbit. But where? Okay, so where did where did half of David's soul go? At the very beginning, when yeah, you see, this is what I was confused. If you listen to what she's saying at the beginning, she sometimes says we don't always get what we want to come back. So half of the soul missing, but something else takes its place. So this is why I thought we were going down the demon possession route or something. Mm -hmm. That's he was going to become like the Damien kid, but he never really did. He was just weird. He was different. So who was in his place? If he was not David. That's true. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I think there's hold, man. <laughs> Maybe. There might be. I mean, I was. This is one that I, um, I think I told you, I liked it the more I sat with it. You mm. know, at the beginning, I was like, eh, environmental horror. I don't know how much I enjoy yeah. this. You know, just. Eh. <laughs> um, but but the more of just the the dragging, the you know, he, David and Amanda having this conversation, him always directing her to be watching, to be paying attention to the details, which I think is really trying going towards the poisoning of everything, yeah. you know, of the, of the earth, um, more than, you know, where her soul is going or how she's going to survive. Um, hmm. but see the, so then if we go with half of the daughter's soul is in David so now mm-hmm. it's just it's it's half of his half of the daughter's soul is in the daughter and half of the daughter's soul is in David. Is that how mm. you saw it? Yeah. Because you know we hear the dad talk about how um, she's just off. She's yeah. she's there. She's yeah. back, but she's not the same. Which yeah. made me instantly think of David because he yeah. was exactly the same. But then where does the mom go completely, or does she just die? I thought she died. Yeah. Okay. Um, also. David's mom disappears and isn't addressed where she went. Um, they do mention in the film that she wanted she wanted to leave before, she said. And so that's how I understood. I, I thought, okay, they're not addressing it because she's just left. Or is she part of the hallucination and something happened to her? Or did she go and visit the... See, in the book, mm. it's also left like she just disappears in the book and it's not addressed. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Because that, I mean... Well, I can see her doing that. I thought she still had such a devotion to David that she wouldn't leave him. Right, because they established the reason why she'd done all of that, how much she actually loved David. Yeah, yeah. So that mm. part, I, I, I'm I, not sure I believe her just leaving. Yeah. You know, I don't... <laughs> so uh, the, the, mm. I like it. I think it's really interesting. And I do love films that make you think. Yes. Um, and, and, and you're trying to work it out. But... Is there an actual logical explanation to what happened in this film? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this is it's probably going to require me to watch it at least one more time, if not twice more, just to yeah. really, you know what I mean? Sit there you, with a notepad and like, right, okay, they've gone there and they've gone there. Exactly, exactly. Because now I know, you know, I'm not going to pay as much attention to the environmental aspect and yeah. why why necessarily she is being drugged. Um, you know, what he's telling her to pay attention to. I'm going to try and pay attention now to their dialogue and, mm. and some of those other portions that that maybe are giving us other clues to really what happens to the characters, not just the, you know, the poisoning that makes yeah. them sick. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe anyway. we're completely overthinking the entire maybe, thing. <laughs> maybe it's not even that deep. <laughs> Uh, oh goodness well yeah fever dream that it, it, it yeah if you haven't seen it i mean it, i think it's worth checking out it's definitely. it's interesting that's for sure yeah yeah absolutely so what are you looking forward to coming this week 
Oh, goodness. You know, let... What do I have? Dune. 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 Hey, Dune. 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 Finally. Finally. Yes. Oh, that, that one, um, I, I'm... I'm so but everybody has gotten to see Dune. Um, <laughs> it's been early, so long since I've seen it. I've already forgotten it, Chris. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, my wife and I are going on vacation um, this week, this coming week, and so okay. um, I will. But when we come back, I mean, we have we have plans to be able to see it on Friday. So nice. I'm I'm excited for that. She wants to check it out too, which makes me even more excited. Um, she yeah. doesn't gravitate towards uh, towards sci-fi necessarily, mm. um, but it, it's got her engaged and intrigued to see it as well. Yeah, this so is definitely. I'm definitely going to watch it again. So nice. I, I have to, and we can talk about that next week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So that's really the the top. I mean, I think there are there are some more uh, releases that are coming out, but aside from that, you know, and I thought. Um, it's funny, two other movies that I thought were coming out this week, but are really, mm. one got moved, or maybe I just had the date wrong, and then another um, was only opening in very, very, very limited release, and it's coming out on the 29th. And so that is Last Night right. in Soho and French Dispatch. Right, and so yeah, both la- look great. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm I'm excited. And, you know what, in the following, no, nope, I'm going to save that. Never mind. We're going to... Eh, I changed my mind. You were like, wait, what is he going to talk about? Nope. Wait, and, what is it? Yes, yeah, so <laughs> talk about that more later. Um, but so, yeah, Dune is Dune is actually is the top of my list of this week to check out. I'm really excited to see um, just, you know, does it live up to some of the hype? And what is the what is the visual spectacle that I'm going to hmm. be exposed to? So, um, okay. Well, I've got you? three uh, on Netflix. Um, Night Teeth, which I've seen half of. I'm, I'm interested to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And mm. <laughs> Lock and Key season two, uh, yes. which I'm again. Mm, I'm yeah, okay. And Maya, Maya, and the three. Very interesting animation, yes. unique style, which so far is spectacular. Um, oh, you've started. I haven't started that one. Yeah. Yet, so I'm, yeah. yeah. It's just okay. like, ah, uh, well, in animation style, I like, reminds me of this. Uh, there's another animation film similar to Coco, but the, the style is different. Mm. Uh, but it's it's just so vibrant. Uh, I'm, man, man, I'm trying to think of that film. Uh, the book, The Book of Life. That's it. The Book okay. of Life has a very interesting, unique the vibrancy but where it's set it's it's very similar to this one so i'm I'm looking forward to it because i love this type of law these type of old school mayan gods mm-hmm. um is always made for a really interesting sci-fi um religious horror sometimes yeah. uh remind is it the relic or something like that um there's there's one that's yeah it's set in mayan times that I, that scared the crap out of me but i <laughs> love this type of lore so i'm um, looking forward to those Right on, outstanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking got, forward to those as well. I've started. I finished Night Teeth. I've started um, uh, Lock and Key, and nice. have yet to begin Maya and the Three. So that's hmm. cool. Right. Have you got any news? Um, other than the only thing I really know is that supposedly sometime today that we're recording this, so probably yesterday, um, depending uh-huh. on well or. In the past, whenever you happen to be viewing or listening to this, um, the Batman, the mm. the trailer 
um, should be coming out. I mean, we got to see, you know, a poster, got to see a little teaser, got to hear his voice. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to checking that out. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still tempering my expectations. I really do think Robert Pattinson uh, can be a wonderful Batman. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to what he brings and how the story, what the, what they do with the story and what they, you know, what villains um, they, they bring. I know that Colin Farrell as the penguin, the penguin yeah. was, I mean, I, he was absolutely unrecognizable to me. Yeah. And so I love that. I love that he was, he disappeared into the character that they created, you know, just the makeup around him. And so that it, you're, you're not then looking at the actor, you're looking at the character. I think yeah. that's, yeah. Well, talking about Batman, um, Michael Caine has quit acting. What? Yep. What? Just, he, he stopped. He's done. Michael Caine has revealed that he's retired from acting. I think the world is a sadder place now. I agree. I wonder if what type of quit it is, because uh, Anthony Hopkins quit. I think it was 10, 10 years ago, and then now he's done another eight films since. Um, but I hope, I really hope it's not because of health or anything like that, because we need yeah. Michael Caine in the world. Oh, um, my gosh. And I loved him in Batman and every other film he's done ever. <laughs> he's so good in his voice. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I just think, I think to several of the Christopher Nolan films. Oh, he's just, like the dad of TV, isn't he? Well, he, movies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just, oh, so good. Well, even as uh, as Scrooge in um, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, of course. Perfect. Just brilliant there. So, yeah. oh. Well, yeah, I yeah. do hope that he is, that if, if, if he's retiring, that it's just out of, you know what, I'm tired, I'm done. I just want to. Mm. I just want to, you know, enjoy the rest of life without having to, you know, to learn a script or do anything else and not for any other reason other than happiness on his own, on his own end. <laughs> uh, but for some happier news, um, do you like The Office, the, the, the TV series The Office? Uh, are we talking UK or US version first? Um, US. I'm, I'm a, I like the US version. I'm not a huge fan of the UK version. I... I it grew on me. Um, oh, do you I'm like not, the UK version? <laughs> no, I didn't like that version either. I just, uh, I, okay. I was not a fan of Michael Scott for a lot of it. Um, right. You know, the the show did grow on me and it it, it, hmm. it became something that I, I can enjoy. I am not, though, a raving hardcore fan like a lot of people are. I do have my, uh, my episodes that I hmm. absolutely love, um, including I mean, the, for a... Sorry, carry on. No, 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 just the leading up to the finale. Um, you, All right, right. Just yeah. you know, some of those. Uh, Dwight, I just I love. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but for for a John Krasinski origin story, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, and the only reason I brought it up is that for fans of The Office and for a fan who is a fan of Lego, uh, they're doing an Office Lego set. <laughs> That you really? can buy, yeah. That you can buy and like make the little little figures in the office, and I just thought brilliant. Oh. It's not finalized yet, but that is coming, which I thought was hilarious. That is cool. I wonder how much of it they're gonna have. I mean, will they also have like the receiving dock, you know, so that you can maybe have you know like the basketball hoop or something in oh, there? That would be great. I mean, there's I so would... many the parking lot. Even I mean, there's so many different things that you could do with that that oh. 
So I know we didn't talk about Halloween Kills uh, because we both just, that film is atrocious to me yes. and made, made me sad in, in my soul. But I did want to, th- there's this thing that's come out of it. So a, the, a bunch of firemen are killed in the movie. And mm-hmm. on Twitter, there's these people that have been upset vocally about killing off firemen and how you shouldn't do that because it's uh... have you have you seen them i i haven't i mean i mean yeah okay in real life we shouldn't be killing off anybody but in a movie what i don't i don't i don't get that i mean this is a serial killer he's a slasher it's you know he gets people die and so i don't it's such a weird like i don't it's where it's we've come so far i don't want to say right because that's not right we've we just we've come so far in being careful with what we're allowed to show or talk about or the representation is that it does really feel like everything is skewed and it's like that the weight of it isn't balanced anymore because if you go down that route then you're talking about policemen uh ambulance people anytime anybody in uniform gets killed you're like no you can't do that because they're in uniform but it's like this is a fictional story like are you going to go down the route of people uh, wearing u- army uniform they can't get killed you know th- but this is a war film you know <laughs> yeah i don't i mean and and in this the context really fit well um, yeah, I think it made sense. Yeah, I think the execution was terrible. It's like, hey, I'm going to attack you. Now somebody else is going to attack you after I've died. And then when that person dies, I'm going to, you know, this other person. It's not, Why not just bum rush the all together? You know, I mean, the execution of it on screen was, was horrendously done, I think. But the, in story context, it made sense. And then, I mean, why, why are you okay then? Is there not outrage over... Um, the mental patient who is driven off the side of the building by by the angry mob of townspeople um or you know the the doctor and the nurse who are killed or the you know the the children or you know the couple but any of the couples within there i mean this is a slasher horror movie nobody should be safe within this you know i mean that's yeah, so there's an actual petition on change.org to have that uh, scene uh, where the firefighter murder scene takes place removed from the film. Um, the scene depicts the murder of firefighters responding to a house fire. According to the petition, the scene is offensive because the tactic has been used to cause harm to firefighters in real life. It is wrong because firefighters have been lured into houses and fire murdered by people who set the fire. And it's wrong that Michael killed the firefighters with the gear from the other firefighters he killed. There is no reason for that horrible, disgusting scene. Again, in real life, Absolutely. That, that is a terrible atrocity that that I fully, you know what? No, that shouldn't happen. And, and the perpetrator should be held up to the full extent of the law. But, yeah, absolutely. But within a movie, I mean, you have to get rid of horrors then. You have yeah, to get rid absolutely. of any action movies. You have to get rid of any, any thriller movies. I mean, you can't have my name, you know, because, nope. the, hey, those people, some of them had children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, basically any media you you'd have to stop because this wouldn't work. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't see it. 
Michael did not lure the firefighters in. To... It wasn't about the firefighters. It was no. just they were in his way. He, yeah. Killing he was... everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's a killing machine. And they showed up as a result of the fire that Laurie Strode started. Yeah. So, I he mean, didn't really, lure them there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anything, the impetus, it falls on Laurie. She yeah. is the one that created the, the environment for the, the firefighters trap. to be drawn in there yeah. to then die. So, really, I mean, you should be, you know, upset at Laurie Strode, not at Michael. <laughs> I, 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 that's dumb. I'm sorry. And I, my brother's a firefighter and I have firefighter friends. And so, I, I mean, you know, in real life to hear somebody that, that would draw people in and it doesn't even matter firefighters, just anybody to do harm to them, you know, under the guise of them arriving to do their job. I think that's atrocious. But within a movie, come on. Yeah, I, I don't understand the logic in that. So anyway, that just ground my gears, as Sue would say it in Sue sees it in Glee. That's how Sue sees it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's uh that what's her name right um uh i didn't watch all of the episodes i or all the seasons even but that's yeah. uh jane yeah yeah uh not fonda Ooh. jane jane yes she's amazing yes uh, yes J- jane i love I, yeah, I love her so sue yes <laughs> that's how sue sees it uh, she has that little bit where she does it with her hand and shows a c and uh jane lynch so yes it? Yes, yeah. thank you. That was bugging me. Yes, <laughs> I, I love her. She is so great. She's great. Uh, Happy Death Day is getting more parts, apparently, according to Jason Blum. Are you excited about that? Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. Me uh, too. I thought the, the first one was great. Yeah, the yeah. second one was it was okay. It wasn't as spectacular. Um, the the no, I'm not excited by this. I mean, I'm. I'm <laughs> Like, stop, stop with the sequels, you know? I mean, it, and I say that and I'm really looking forward to, to Scream that comes out of the five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but it's just, it, I don't know. I, I, here's the thing too, that I am wishy-washy on Blumhouse stuff because mm. they have some really good ones and they have yeah. some really trash ones. And I, know I just that, don't understand why they associate their name or buy certain titles when they definitely aren't because they had a standard right they were incredible get out us i was like yeah these these are great and then just a load of nonsense yeah yeah it's almost like let's just do anything if it if it's kind of a horror we'll slap our name with it and and call it good and yeah i don't know i mean i i'm gonna hold out um to see the premise what are they going to mm. do? I do think it's a little tired, though. I mean, that was, you know, that was part of the fun of the first one is that you you took these genres that we already are very familiar with and you executed it in a way that was hilarious, tense, bloody. I mean, the whole, you know, with a story that that you kind of cared about and, and a character who I began to really care about. I didn't at the beginning, but as the movie went along, I'm like, I really like you now. <laughs> Uh, and this is this is my review for I know what you did last summer. No. I no. Did so you've watched the first four episodes as well, yeah? Yeah, just no. Yeah, no. It, no. <laughs> no. 
that's that's my review i was actually going to put out a review my intro and my outro would have been longer than the review because i would have no mm -mm. i can't i I, i'm done being nice with this stuff i'm like there's so much of it why do we have to keep having more of this i like the original film it's not like i don't like teenage angst horror films this was yeah yeah, Yeah, it upsets me yeah, well, and I'm, I mean, like, I'm not even sure I'm gonna finish the the last four episodes as they come out. I mean, it was just... yeah, because I I saw you and Orson do reviews, and I was like, I really should. I'm sure it would give me some good views, but I don't want to because my brain says no, and my soul says, why put that? Why put us through that? Yeah, yeah, it's they've taken a, a 90 minute movie and yeah. made so far four hours. You know, with four at least four more hours to draw out, and it's like you're not even. Just, no, N- no, no. I uh, also, I have something else no to say too. I finally got to see Shyamalan's latest film, Old. And you didn't like it, huh? Not at all. Oh my oh. gosh, I, I was I was actually angry at the end. I, Were you I was really? like, yeah, I really, really was. <laughs> I was like, and I, I have my expectations for Shalaman. I, I like his bad films. Like, I don't mind The Village. I know people hate that film, but oh, I love I underst- The Village. Oh, you see, I understand it. Uh, I think it's great. There, there's, there's things about that film that freak me out. The Sixth Sense is fantastic. Um, Unbreakable is my favorite superhero film of all time. Like, that is my number one. Forget Endgame or all of that. I just love Unbreakable. <laughs> But old, I was like, that's it? That's your story? No. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> oh, see, I liked it. I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I yeah, didn't... no, I watched your reviews. Yeah, so I was no, like, <laughs> that's funny. That, that's funny. No, I, um, I admit it does have, it does have issues. And that, you know, I, and there's, um, I don't know, speaking of Shyamalan, do you, have you seen The Visit? Uh, is that no? I've seen the Devil. Have I seen the Visit? The Visit is um, it's a TV series. No, it's a oh, it's, it's a movie okay. where it's these two kids um that go to visit their grandparents. And, is it Shyamalan? Yeah, it is. The, okay, what is he? Oh, there's a um. Did you ever see? Oh, I can't remember the movie now. There was a Christmas movie that came out. Better watch out that came out it was dark no there's a a character in that who was also in um the visit and one of the funniest parts so this is one that's it's it's funny and it's dark and it has some creepy elements to it too and i don't know how well it did with everybody else i really enjoyed it though but there's this kid who instead of cussing he says female pop singers names so he'd be like amazing Katie Perry. <laughs> so, I love that. Great. It was yeah, it was it was it became very funny. Um Wait, be- is that in the visit? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I read it. I got to watch this. Okay. Yeah. How it, about Mr. Charlemagne film? Amazing. Yeah. It's it's one of these that I think it's it's under it's not a I don't think it has the twist necessarily. Like it's just kind of a a horror thriller. So yeah, it's definitely because there's another one that people didn't like, like uh, Lady in the Water, and I love that. I like that See, one too. Yeah, I just I don't get the hate. I mean, I get the hate for the happening. Um, yeah, sort of. Um, 
I still kind of liked it for happening, but The Last Airbender, because of the diehard fan base, and I watched the animation for that, and it just completely changed the character. So I get, I guess, the, the hate for that. This is just, and After Earth, like, oh god, oh. Yeah, I don't I, like that movie at all. But I think that's down to another person, so I'm not, I'm not gonna go there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> The emotional range of a twig. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, gosh. Well, you know, um, speaking of the village uh, earlier, I think some of it, some of the hate came because people were tricked. You know, that they didn't like that twist. That I, the thing that I loved about the movie was that we get to the end and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even expect that. I had been fully <laughs> immersed in the world and didn't see it coming, didn't even, you know, contemplate that that was a possibility. And so I loved being tricked in that one. I thought, oh, hey, you were able to surprise me. Good on you. Thank you for that. So, Which one was that? The Village. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... I love when he's when he's um reveals match up to the story uh, you know there's lines where he says swing away swing away and i'm like oh, and it filled me with like the emotional like like i get it i see what you did that's awesome yes. those that's when it works really well i'm not a huge fan of the trilogy that he's created so i loved unbreakable i liked split but i didn't love it Mm. I think it's the ending that that kind of bugged me, and then it felt almost like a forced universe that he wanted to create. Like I don't oh. buy it for a second that he wanted to that he always had that planned. Uh, not uh, it just it feels too forced. Like trying to create another Marvel universe, mm. uh, but you know, okay then. <laughs> uh, last bit of news: Jack Ryan has been. Uh, greenlit for a season four um Wait, now season four what happened to yeah was there a exactly season? okay this is like it's the same netflix thing we haven't even got season three yet and season four have just been green <laughs> I, I guess they're banking on john krasinski uh which i which i get but still again that gives you oh well i guess he's fine then yeah it removes the peril of his character and, and he's all about the peril well, Jack Ryan character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, and you know, it, I didn't like season two as much as I liked season one. One was better. Yeah. Yeah. One was better. Yeah, so, I agree. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, that's very odd. Um, cause yeah. I didn't know, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know when <laughs> season three is coming out, but that's, I, I haven't even got notifications from Amazon. Like, like here's a trailer or here's a, it's not happened yet. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's, that's odd. Maybe maybe they're going to do them closer together, not having mm. to wait. So I don't know. That's hmm. uh, one last. What I'm looking forward to coming, but I'm really scared to watch on my by myself, and it will have to be by myself because my w- wife doesn't do proper horrors. Is Antlers? Have you heard of Antlers? I do. Yes, that is one that I am going to be seeing a screener for in, uh, in two weeks. I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, Antlers looks crazy good, but also seriously, like the the trailer has creeped me out a lot. 
Yeah, I'm I, I'm <laughs> hoping that it is that it's good because you know this was one that was supposed to come out in twenty yeah. twenty. Yeah, it's it's old. Yeah, and then it it's, got pushed yeah. to the beginning of twenty twenty one. And then, or middle of, you know, something like that. And now it's coming out in October, which I think makes sense for it to come out in October as a horror movie. I mean, that's, yeah, it's great. You yeah. know, that's better than a January or an April release date, but yeah, it, it looks messed up. I don't like, I saw this, I saw a new trailer for it and I got to say, it's not nearly as creepy as the first trailer was uh, when no, they were, don't fir- do that. yeah, when they were first putting it out, um, it was like it, it looked very disturbing, very atmospheric. And um, like I was like, ooh, I really want to see this. This looks like some kind of <laughs> messed up fairy tale. And this last one had a lighter tone. I mean, it was still disturbing, but it didn't it didn't focus as much or go as dark as mm. the previous one. So I don't I just hope they haven't maybe changed something or. Yeah, hopefully not, because it looked like it was. They were just going to, they were all in on the horror. They weren't going to shy away from anything. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, I, I better not say anything more. I feel like I've done thousands of news. <laughs> no, it's been good. And we, we took an unexpected M. Night Shyamalan journey. So that was fun Yes, as we well. did. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I don't mind talking about Shyamalan. Yeah. There, well, Can you spell lot. his name, though, off, off, off the top of your head? S-H-Y. Wait, let me see. S-H-Y. <laughs> M A L A N, that's not right. No, I wouldn't know. I can't spell his oh, name. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Be here for so, ages. Yeah. So I was right. Hey, look, and I spelled it correctly. Since you don't yeah, know, absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> oh, when we don't know, we're correct. Hey, look at that. Uh, uh, his cameo uh, in old. Uh, Seriously, you need to stop that. Yeah, he's got he's got the whole Hitchcock thing going on. Yeah, he that, does. that one was forced. Um, I don't mind. Like, well, and even like in Signs where he actually plays a character, you know, <laughs> I, I would like him to be like as subtle as Hitchcock Yeah, like was. a reflection or yeah. a, just a, just walking past. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That that I like um, Hitchcock's lifeboat uh, where it takes place in a lifeboat on the ocean. We're like, how in the <laughs> world is this dude going to appear as a cameo in this? He's in a newspaper article. Amazing. It, it, phenomenal. Like, yes, that's so good. Well, well done, Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, well, that's why he was the master. <laughs> exactly. So Shyamalan needs to take a few notes to that. If you're going to make a cameo, <laughs> be very subtle about it. Don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Oh, on that note. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for joining us, for tuning in, for giving us uh, your ears and not like an ear necklace like we discussed last <laughs> week. Um, we do appreciate it. You can tweet at us at Best We Watched on Twitter. Um, obviously, that's where you would tweet, uh, not anywhere else. But uh, if you want to check us out, um, what we look like, if you've only been listening to the podcast, uh, you can hit up Ruben at the Ruby Tuesday on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, all the all of the the internet's places there, but mostly YouTube. Give him a watch, give him a subscribe. I'm Chris with Movies and Munchies, and we will catch you next week as we dive into our top five clown horrors, <sighs> and then some of the best things that we watched. So we appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.